Unbound is a, a healing ministry, a deliverance ministry, and I think it's helpful to always keep in mind the kind of threefold spirits that we face, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so, um, and they, they tend to be kind of intertwined. And so, in a sense, Unbound is a little bit unspecified so that it confronts all three of those, you know, whatever you may need. And, and we don't need to sort of figure it out. It's a, it's a person-centered, gentle, non-confrontational approach to deliverance and healing. And it centers around uh, five keys, which are really just derived from the scriptures, from the gospel. Uh, the, the first key is repentance and faith, just like Jesus' call, repent and believe in the gospel. And it's recognizing my own responsibility, the areas that I need to change in my life, so thinking of repentance in terms of metanoia, a change of mind that leads to a change of behavior. The second key is forgiveness, and that's a really critical forgiveness. Unforgiveness blocks God's grace, and forgiveness can help to release it. And so we look at areas in our lives where we've been hurt and are maybe holding on to those hurts and forgiveness can really release a lot of grace. And then the third key is renunciation. We look at the kinds of uh, behaviors and lies that have a way of holding us bound. A lot of times it goes together with the key of repentance, and we think of renunciation already you know, in the early church and in the Easter Vigil, when we make our baptismal promises, we renounce Satan, all his works, all his empty promises, and then we believe, we confess our belief in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so um, the renunciation is leaving behind those, those lies, those attitudes, those behaviors. And again, you know, are they, in, in some cases, it's there's some... Uh, evil influence. I mean, the, you know, the demon, uh, the devil, the demons uh, have a way of latching on, and there's good foundation for that, and the desert uh, fathers in early monasticism, a real lively sense of, you know, the seven deadly sins were uh, ultimately seen as being, you know, demonic uh, plots to to overtake us. So we're, you have to be a little bit gentle with all of that, depending on where people are. You don't want to freak people out more. But also those things are rooted in our, uh, you know, our own spirit, our own attitudes, uh, behaviors that we've taken up, like an attitude of unforgiveness or an attitude of pride, uh, an attitude of uh, behaviors of uh, lust or um, lies that I'm not good enough, things that have been spoken to us. So Anyway, the third key, renunciation. And then the fourth key is really taking our authority that has been given to us in Christ. And so the key of authority, and that's where I take my stand against uh, the enemy's strategies. what St. Paul tells us to do in Ephesians chapter 6. Take your stand against the enemy's strategies, the enemy's uh, tactics. And so we take our stand and say, you know, I break the power of all the spirits that I have renounced and all related spirits and send all that power away, send those spirits away. And then the fifth key is really the heart of unbound. That's where the healing and grace really flows in. And that's the father's blessing. 
And the Father's blessing consists fundamentally in a restoration of identity. Who we are is beloved sons and daughters of God. And then also of destiny, who are we made to be? We're made to be saints, and that's God's plan for our life. And uh, that's how we can kind of recover meaning and purpose wherever we are in life. But in a certain sense, the first four keys are about removing the obstacles Again, either external obstacles from the enemy or kind of internal obstacles from the, uh, my own patterns, habits, uh, reinforced lies, removing the obstacles. And then the fifth key is to really open us to what it means to be Christian, that we are infinitely, unconditionally loved by God and that uh, we are made to be saints. And so we really step into that identity and destiny uh, in the Father's blessing. So that's the kind of the structure of Unbound, those centering around those five keys. Practically speaking, um, you know, we can do those things for ourselves in the sense that I can kind of go through the inventory, and a lot of the materials on Unbound are really helpful for that. It helps us to identify lies and patterns, things that often start when we're very young, as you described, uh, you know, chasing our tails. Well, what what is it that's causing us to do that? Well, often it's the... Uh, kind of mindset, it's uh, certain things that we've picked up from an early age, and we keep repeating the same patterns. So Unbound helps us to step back and to see that, and then to take a stand. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm sorry for doing it this way. Um, maybe we started this process out because we were hurt in some way, forgiving, letting go of that, renouncing those patterns. So, um, And then receiving the Father's blessing helps us to step into that new identity. Father. But that was beautifully yeah. articulated. Thank you for sharing that. So you you mentioned a process, basically, right, of healing. And there's also a process in becoming a disciple. And it's kind of like, um, you know, just like every kind of beautiful thing has a process. When you see a plant grow, you, there's a process to that. You know, first it's a seed, right? Then it grows and unfurls beautifully if it's watered and there's enough sunlight. So in our processes is growing as disciples, from that initial mustard seed, so to speak. Why is it important for people who are either on their way to becoming missionary disciples or their or their, their goal is to, to do that as they um, grow in discipleship? Why is healing an important part of that? Yeah, I always, I always find it instructive that in uh, Latin, I think probably in most Romance languages, healing and salvation are the same word. Um, when we talk about Jesus, Jesus is Savior, and so he is also healer. Um, so what's, what's holding us back from our identity and from having our full freedom in Christ? Uh, well, those are places that we are sick, sick from sin, sick from the pattern of, of woundedness, um, our attitudes about ourselves, our vision of God. Uh, a lot of these things become distorted and sickened by by sin, both by original sin and by our own personal sin. We play into those, and also by the you know I think again those threefold spirits: the the devil, the flesh, and the world. You know, there's a way that the world influences us, and we see things through a distorted vision. And healing is what frees us from that distorted vision, from those. Uh, personal wounds from the influence of evil spirits. 
healing uh, sets us free, then to take up a new life in Christ, to live life to the full. Jesus came not that we could live a kind of truncated life, dragging behind us our uh, injured souls, but rather a fullness of life where we can enjoy the fruits of the Holy Spirit, where we can enjoy the the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the service of others. So um, in order to really be a disciple, to follow Christ, we need enough freedom to do that. In order to be missionaries, we need enough freedom to do that. We need to have the kind of confidence and uh, be able to marshal our personal gifts in order to put them in the service of the kingdom. Well, that's well said. And final question is, as missionary disciples, let's say you, you've gone through the process and you know, you've grown as a disciple and you've been working on opening your heart and soul to the healing that Jesus can give through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm wondering about is, um, as missionary disciples, what role can we play in not only discipling others who you know, you're trying to accompany what role can we play in terms of helping others to heal? And obviously, you know, the healing comes from Jesus, but we can also accompany people, encounter them, accompany them, and bring them to Him. So how important is that as missionary disciples? And what are your suggestions in ways that we can help facilitate that? Well, that was uh, one little piece I wanted to add there to Unbound was, it can be done personally, you know, and the materials there are helpful for us, but the, the real vision is, at least for the first time, when learning the model and when reaching out to others, is that it's done uh, interpersonally. And uh, the way that happens, very fundamentally, is somebody who knows the Unbound model, who's trained as a leader, would listen to someone's story. And, and that time given for that is substantial, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, to listen to the story of things that are holding you back and then to help you see how that pattern has been there throughout your life. But really giving someone a chance to share their story is so critical. One-on-one or, you know, sometimes with an intercessor there, but but basically a one-on-one encounter. And then really the unbound leader is helping the person to turn their story into prayer and to break out of the small story, which is limited by the enemy's work and by our, our woundedness and open up into the big story of God's saving plan for our lives to see a much broader horizon that God intends for us. And I think that's a very beautiful description of missionary discipleship in general that really needs some personal accompaniment, um, sometimes some communal accompaniment. Certainly fitting into a community is also a necessary element, but that personal accompaniment to have somebody hear our story and help us to revision our story and uh, to break out of the small story into the big story of God's love story, God's plan of, of love and salvation for our lives. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a key, that one-on-one accompaniment, which, you know, I obviously do a lot of spiritual direction, too, and, and that's certainly at the heart of a lot of my ministry is not just singular encounters, which Unbound really facilitates a very dense singular encounter that helps someone turn their story into prayer and re-envision how God loves them and interacts with them in their lives. But then spiritual direction kind of takes that another step. Other models, you know, focus, things like that, have used a discipling model, a mentoring model, which I think also is, is very beautiful. 